Good morning, church. Um, I want to welcome this morning uh, Chris Shelby and his wife Jill who are with us. Um, Chris is going to be sharing the message with us this morning on this Mission Sunday. Uh, Chris is the Director for African Missions at Missions Resource Network, which is here in the area. And uh, he didn't just arrive at that post just because of a concern for missions. He's been involved in missions uh, across the world. Uh, Chris and Jill and their family spent time in Rwanda with the Becks, uh, Caleb and Jenny, that we're going to, uh, the money you're giving is going to support, uh, and the money you're giving has supported the work there. And it's amazing to hear the work of reconciliation, of caring for orphans, of baptisms and transformation that's happening in that country in many ways, but a lot of it, uh, a great measure is happening because of the work that's been done through these families. And so I want to welcome Chris to the stage right now as he uh, as he shares this message with us, and I want to pray over him. It was a great blessing to me, this message in first service, and I'm, I'm going to look forward to you getting to hear this as well. Chris, I'll go in order of uh, worst to best passions he has. One of those is the Astros, which that's all right, right? But, but he loves Dr. Pepper. <laughs> He's most passionate, though, about being a, a discipler of disciples, disciples who make disciples, and about Africa as well. And so I want to pray over Chris right now that God would bless him, the word he wants to speak to him today. God, we come together with hearts longing to be generous, but to be generous toward the right causes, God. And there's a lot of times we, we question about the, the work that you're doing. Uh, sometimes we walk away from weeks and we wonder if you're still at work at all. God, I pray you'd speak a word through Chris today that would affirm that you're at work, that your mission is still in good hands. Uh, God, thank you for the reconciliation that's happening in the country of Rwanda. May it be an example to us of how we're to be peacemakers in our world as well. God, I, I pray you pour through Chris the gift of preaching so that Christ would be transformed and our lives would be changed forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. What a privilege it is to be with each of you today, and I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, whose kingdom is coming and is going to continue to come and is not going to stop coming until all things are made new, and we get to partner together in that uh, today. We get to be a part of a significant moment as we declare that God's kingdom is more powerful than anything that is happening in our world. And I uh, want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, uh, for being really good partners. And perhaps this is the first time that we have seen each other, but we have been partnered in the work of the kingdom for a long time now. And I want to thank you for supporting the Becks. And I want to thank you for supporting uh, friends like Charles Cabeza, uh, and who, who I know has been here before. And thank you for investing in things that matter. Because the kingdom is coming in Rwanda. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom is coming in Rwanda. And lives are being put back together. And communities are being reshaped and reformed. And my wife and I and our family have borne witness to the partnership that we share together. And we come back and we testify that the things that you have chosen to partner with are worthy. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for allowing God to work through Caleb and Jenny and their family, some of our dearest friends on the earth. And I think our family would say uh, to, together this morning in front of you that 
if God would allow us to go back to Rwanda tomorrow, we would go back. It was the best, some of the best seven years of our lives. Uh, we saw God do some incredible things. So thank you for what you are doing here, brothers and sisters. It is an interesting time to be standing before you just five days after a heated and sometimes ugly election. But I love what we're doing here today because this is Missions Sunday. And what we are a part of is more powerful than what has taken place this last week. And we get to stand together in unity and in love, and we get to declare that God's kingdom is coming and nothing's going to stop it. In a world where it often feels like our kingdoms are unraveling, I want to encourage us to continue to believe in the kingdom of God. Continue to believe, brothers and sisters, that the kingdom of God is going to continue to advance. But regardless of where we stand on the political and social spectrum, we feel the shifts under our weight, under our feet, and the weight of a people divided. The heat has turned up underneath all of us, isn't it? The world is shaking. I received a message from a friend in South Africa this week. And this is what he said. He said, everyone is afraid because of what just happened in America. It is pandemonium here. How is it where you are? And church, I want to give you the same encouragement that I gave to my brother in South Africa. Encouragement number one, don't be afraid, church. Don't be afraid. Because we are not a people of fear, are we? We're not a people of fear. We are a people of faith. This is our heritage, and it is our lineage, and it is our birthright of a people reborn in the image of a Savior who they could not keep in a tomb. That is who we are today. That is what we gather together to affirm with one another. And our scriptures, they stand as an enduring message in the midst of uncertain days. And that message is do not be Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And with the trustworthy words of a God who does not tell lies to his people, we wake up today as people undeterred for the mission that lies before us. Fear is a mission killer. It warps our identity and it causes us to believe and say things and do things that are not in line with who we are or who God is. And fear destroys our ability to see clearly, it distorts our perception. It causes us to believe wrongly about other people and about what is possible in the kingdom of God. For we are a kingdom of priests. I look among you today, and I want to remind us that we are a kingdom of priests today, a holy people, a righteous people who do not live in the realm of opinions or arguments and passions for lesser causes. No, we are priests, and our priestly vocation is to bless even those who may curse us, 
and to intercede for even those who may declare themselves as our enemies and to live as the embodiment of truth and goodness in the midst of a people long seeking it. We do not wake today as fearful people because as the children of God, we have been given a mission we must pursue and never be dissuaded from. And so we reclaim our passions and we redirect our energies and we gather together this morning to remind one another of the extraordinary privilege of a higher calling. It is the calling that has shaped cultures and peoples and nations since Jesus told 11 insignificant men on the side of a mountain, go to the world, tell them about me, teach them my ways. And as they departed, he told them, I will always be with you. And go they did. They could have resisted. After all, who were they? Zealots? Fishermen? Tax collectors? Outcasts connected to a crucified rabbi? But instead of embracing fear, brothers and sisters, they chose faith. Do you know why they chose faith? They chose faith because their crucified rabbi, well, he refused to die, didn't he? Because he refused to die, what did they have to be afraid of? So they went, and they stood before corrupt rulers and testified about the incorruptible. And they were arrested, and they were beaten for this faith that they believed so deeply. And these small-minded men who sought to protect their fading kingdoms through fear and intimidation, they thought those things could quell the movement But they were wrong, brothers and sisters, because we are not a people of fear. We are a people of faith. And the movement continued. So we put away fear. Brothers and sisters, can we declare today that we will put away fear? Can we stand together and can we make a different choice? Today, let us be the people who choose to believe. Let us choose to believe that the mission matters and that it can be accomplished. That when Jesus told us to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, he really believed that we could do this. Let us choose to believe that the mission will endure long after our kingdoms rise and fall. Let us choose to believe that God's kingdom is the only true reality and that our world deserves to know. When the heat is turned up, we must recognize within all of us that we cannot live on old faith. New challenge and swiftly moving currents of change require fresh faith. We have read God's stories and we have seen some of our own times when faith was required and we embrace the moment and the God that we found there. Those stories of the past, they give us hope and they give us courage as we remember what once was, and they call us to step into the moment that is before us today. For a faith that is not continually tried is often found wanting. We cannot live on the borrowed faith of yesterday. 
our world will not allow it. And while an old story, that old story propels us forward, the answers that our world is seeking must be found in the new expression of the kingdom today that is real and that is tangible and is the gospel that they have been looking for. When the world looks for good news, their eyes fall on us. If we choose to put away fear and to step into faith, then this movement will often bring us to an altar. There has always been an altar in the story, hasn't there? Altars are where faith is tried and where God is found to be good. Altars are where we learn about generosity. And what we discover there is that generosity in the kingdom is not about means. And it's not about what we would put on that altar, but it is about faith. Altar moments are moments of extraordinary grace because they allow us to participate in the truest moments of our lives. Altars connect us to a God and to a mission that is better than we could have ever imagined. And so as we approach an altar moment together this day, May we embrace the time of sacrifice, not with fear of loss, but with the expectation of a kingdom unleashed. As priests, not only do we preside over this altar moment, we also climb onto it for death and sacrifice give birth to life in heaven's economy. May the spirit of fire light within us a new faith that will propel God's kingdom into peoples and places where it has not yet come. Brothers and sisters, isn't that what this day is about? Isn't that why we are gathered here today? Isn't that why we are a people that believe mission matters? Because we deeply desire and we deeply believe that the kingdom can come to peoples and places where it has not yet come before. That is why we're here today, right? Yes. That is who we are as a people. We do not despair as the rest of the world. We are a people who believe. And we gather together to affirm that with one another today. And as we move from fear to faith, this is the possibility that lies before us. Encouragement number two. Be present. Freedom becomes possible when God's people put away fear and decide to be present. We live in a nation that is built on the lofty ideals of freedom and independence. They have become a deep running thread through the story of this country. Many have given their lives to see that these ideals continue from generation to generation. We appreciate and we celebrate their sacrifices, for they were noble in their pursuit. But our nation is not free. And our world is far from it. Many people have rights in our country. But few are truly free. Poverty continues to chain people to the walls of little to no choice about the course of their lives. Our prisons are full. Debt and the gathering of things swallows people whole. 
And we have long been plunged in the deep descent towards addiction and seeking fulfillment in pursuits that will never truly satisfy. Our nation and our world moves violently from one hope to another, believing that the life that they desire, the freedom that they seek, can be found in the gods of their own making. But people today need no judges, nor do they need condemnation. The world is already full of that, isn't it? They simply need us to be present. They need us to be present in love that perseveres. They need us to be vulnerable and willing to bear the wounds that they give because our God has showed us how. They need us to be hope in a world that doesn't have any. They need us to exchange curse for blessing, selfishness for selflessness, and loneliness for community. Our world desperately needs forgiveness. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Notice that this passage begins with fear, but it ends in forgiveness. Jesus commissions his people with the extraordinary mantle of presence and forgiveness. God's breath is given once again, like it once was in the beginning when he breathed on Adam, he breathed on Eve, and he gave them a commission to go and to fill the earth with life. And in a locked room, not too many days after his execution, the unkillable Jesus breathed on his people and told them to go and do the same. He told them to carry in themselves the blessing of forgiveness for the world. For forgiveness is found in Jesus, but it is administered by his people. So we go, determined to be present where it is dark where no one else will go to people no one else wants. We go and are present where it seems impossible because, brothers and sisters, what's more impossible than rising from the dead? We go and are present even if we're a strange choice for being there. We go and are present because there are people desperate for forgiveness, and they will not have it unless we embody it. That is what today is about. 
This whole idea of missions is about the people of the world discovering forgiveness in you and in me. Make no mistake, what we do today is significant. This day matters because the world needs to be forgiven. And the peoples of the world, unlikely though they be, are ready for the kingdom. I'm sure that you have heard of armed militants sweeping across the lands in the Middle East, terrorizing and killing as they go, plundering cities, abusing women, beheading people and stacking them in piles to intimidate. And perhaps it sounds as if I am talking about ISIS or other radical Islamic elements that are at play in our world today. But what I'm actually talking about is the Assyrian army that swept through this very region of the world and dominated and subjected its inhabitants during the time of Jonah. And the most extraordinary thing about the Jonah story is not that a man was swallowed by a fish and lived for three days inside of that fish, although that's pretty interesting. The most extraordinary thing about the Jonah story is that when Jonah finally did what God told him to do, he went to the city of Nineveh, a city of 120,000 people, which is in modern-day Iraq. And when Jonah went and preached there, all 120,000 people repented at his preaching, and God saved them. Brothers and sisters, Don't you think that if it happened once, it could happen again? Aren't we a people who gather together today because we believe that it could happen again? Please watch this video I want to show you this morning of former Muslim people from Iraq who have discovered a different path. I lost my house, my friends, my future. I'm not even going to uh, college. I've lost everything. يعني مثل ما يقول باب حوشي اثنين اصدقاء عندي ضربوهم ووقع جسمه بنصه بالسياره زوج اختي هو مريض يعني عنده مرض سكري فمشي ماله بطيء فمن هجم داعش على سهل نينوى وقراقوش قال لهم لاولاده خذوا امكم وروحوا عوفوني يعني انا ما اقدر بعد ما اقدر وما نعرف مصيره لحد الان هل هو ميت هل هو طيب بيت عم زوجتي هم وال يعني البنات و... وابن عمه اخذوهم داعش اسلموهم وبعدين سيبوهم. اجوا علينا بالليل يعني رعب كان الساعه 12 بالليل طلعونا أس... يعني يضربونا بالاسلحه. هو اهم شيء اللي انا خسرته يعني لانه ما خسرت اطفالي وعائلتي. I forget ISIS. انا اسامح داعش. انا مسامح داعش. انا اسامح مقول قلبي داعش. انا اسامح داعش. 
هو صعب بس احنا مسامحين هو صعب هو يعني اكيد هذا يعني مكتوب لنا انه هيك يصير بينا ونبعثه لنا حتى يصير شيء بحياتنا تغيير If God forgive us for our sins we can I think we can forgive other people for their الله يسامح ان الله قالوا سامحوا اعدائكم واحبوهم كم اني احببتكم انا اللي سامح والله اللي سامح انا اطلب من الله اللي سامحهم يفتح وجههم ينورهم الطريق قدامهم بينما يعرفون هذا اللي يسووه يعني لنا احسن احنا اللي يلقون الطريق الصح بانه احنا كنا هناك كنا مغمضون ما كنا نشوف الله هسه كنا نشوف الله بيهم هم كنا اكيد مسامحهم لانه انا مسيحي يعني المسيحي هو مسامح يعني من جميع النواحي انا امشي على طريق يسوع المسيح الله موجود الله ياخذ حقي I pray that God forgive them and change their their way in thinking to become better When God's people decide to be present, forgiveness comes and extraordinary things are possible. Encouragement number three this morning is that we are the people of Emmanuel. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. As we look around the room today, perhaps it is easy to become convinced that the movement from fear to faith is too difficult, and that the call to be present is too costly. Perhaps those of us in this room have failed too many times or possessed too little to see the kingdom come in the ways that we hope and dream. But brothers and sisters, the point of the story has never been the crowd. The point of the story has always been Emmanuel. And because he is Emmanuel, then this day matters. God is with us. He is not out there somewhere, some place we can't get to or some place we can't find or some place we don't know. God is with us. He is here this morning with us. Because he is here, not only is mission possible, it will happen. The only question is, is to decide how 
we will participate. Our mothers and our fathers in the faith have all had moments of fear, moments of doubt, trials that they did not understand and callings that seemed too big. But what made them faithful was that they stepped into moments. They were not giants, but God used them to slay some. They were not eloquent speakers, but God put words in their mouths, and we remember what they said thousands of years later. Some were not able to have children, but against all odds, entire peoples now fill the earth through their lineage. They were not heroes. They were not flannel graph figures. They were not predisposed to holy things. They were people. But they were God's people, and when he asked them to do something, when the moments came to leave fear behind and to step into faith, they stepped, and by their faith, the kingdom advanced into the world. And may that be the story that is told about what happens here on this day. Let's pray. Our gracious and righteous Father, hallowed be your name. O God, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we do not want to be a people of fear, but we want to be a people of faith. So give us courage, Father, as we approach the altar moment, as we have the opportunity to experience the truest moment of our lives. Father, may we give and may we give expecting that the kingdom will be unleashed upon the earth because what happens today here is significant. It is significant because we are your people and because Jesus is alive. Oh God, may your kingdom come. Please use us to see that it does. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen.